Yes, I had it. Yeah, we as well. And welcome to another episode of Africa's Untold Stories. As per usual, I am Brian and I'm with Sarah. Yes, today's episode is entitled The Bantu Expansion, a lesson on human migration. Yeah, yeah. So so I guess the obvious question is who are the Bantu? Right, right. Okay. So, um all right, let me let me give a bit of background here. Um if you pick some languages in the continent, um mm-hmm. the word for people in those languages are somewhat similar. For example, if you pick um the Luba language, the word for people is Bantu. If you pick um the Kenya Rwanda, it's Abantu. If you pick Shona, it's Vanhu. Um, Herero is Abandu. In Congo, mm. some Congolese languages also use the word Bantu to refer to people and so on and so forth. In many languages in, on the African continent, that's the word is not the same. It doesn't run throughout. However, there are similarities in um, what they call, what they use for the word. The root is the same. Right? Uh, so, mm-hmm. yes. So, these um, linguists, when they first noticed these um, similarities, which was apparently noticed by Europeans as far back as, what, the 17th century? I think the 1600s, what? all the way back. Yes. Um, they noticed that the language of some of the people in certain parts of the continent they visited was similar to people very far from them. So, eventually, hmm. now this is not around that hmm. same time though, but eventually, um, that's several years later, then these, these, um, people, who have this same similar language will be put into a single language family. Okay. So okay. they would be put into a language family called the Bantu language family. Right. So mm-hmm. Bantu is a name of a group of related languages in Africa. All right. Okay. So well, let's just <clears throat> go over a bit of a, um, let me say linguistics right now. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Yes. I love an excuse to uh, use the little knowledge I have in linguistics. So, this is a good chance for that. <laughs> Definitely. It's all yours, man. Floor is yours. All right. Shoot. Yes. So, um, when you pick the languages of the world, right, every single language has um, a kind of family it belongs to. Right. With the exception of a few languages, which are called language isolates. Their language isolates don't have any, let's say, living siblings. They are on their own or living or known siblings. They're on their own. They are not related to any other language. An example of a language isolate today is um, the Korean language. Right. However, mm-hmm. yes. However, most other languages, over 99% of languages in the world belong to a family. Now, these families can be broken down into branches, which can, some of which can be broken down into more branches and more branches and more branches before you eventually come to a final branch, right? 
So, um, for example, if you take you, so you get these like clusters of related languages. Okay. So for example, yeah. if you take your native language, the ever language, you have a bunch of, um, let's say languages that you are related, that are related to ever on one level, like, um, the phone language of Benin, right? Yeah. So you're closely related. And then if you move another level up the tree, you find another group of languages that you are related to, but not as closely as to the phone language. Then you, another, an example of that language is the, um, tree languages then you find out that okay. ever is related to those ones then you move up the tree then there's a bigger branch and so on and so forth right mm, yeah so in africa um we have i think about five major language families and the most prevalent of these is called the niger congo languages it's a very niger. it's the largest yes it's the largest language mm. family in the world it contains over 1500 languages and a huge chunk of these languages belong to a particular branch called Bantu. Wait, now, the, yeah, the Bantu branch can be broken down into several other sub branches before, you know, you can trace each language to its like exact roots. Let me say, right? Yeah. Which makes, yes. which makes doing that very difficult to ask you. Well, yeah, it's a lot of work, but then it's been done for the most part. Languages, most languages have been mapped out and it applies to the Bantu languages. So these group of languages that belong to the Bantu subgroup are called mm-hmm. the Bantu languages. Okay. And the people who usually speak these languages are called the Bantu. It's a kind of a weird thing because... Yeah. You don't hear people refer to, um, what do you call them? Like the Eves, you speak the Gbe languages. You don't hear people refer to the Eves as the Gbe, Gbe group or something. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yes. the, yes, the English and then the, um, Germans, they speak a Germanic language. So they are related, but you don't hear people refer to them as the Germanics. But, so it's, yeah. it's, it's a kind of a weird phenomenon that occurs with just the Bantu. So, Bantu is just um, a linguistic grouping. However, it has, for some reason, evolved to also refer to the people who belong in that linguistic grouping. Uh, yeah. Yes. Classic. But classic yes. stuff. For those of you who do not uh, get to a job somewhere along the line with the um, explanation, think of it this way, right? Um, in Europe, there are a group of languages called the Romance languages and they all trace their origin to Latin, like Spanish and Italian and yeah. French because mm-hmm. they have some similarity, right? That's kind of how it is for the Bantu languages. So all Bantu languages can be traced to a single language called Proto-Bantu. Proto? It, yes. Bantu. It's just like the word Proto in front of Bantu. So it's, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. So those are who the Bantu are. Hmm. Okay. And wait, did you give us like a, like, cause you mentioned, wait, did you give us like a number of countries where it's spoken? Oh, okay. 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 Right, right, right. I should have done that. My bad. So, um, yeah. the Bantu languages, right. Are spoken in mm-hmm. a majority of African countries, uh, most of which belong to all of which belong to parts of central, Eastern and Southern Africa. Right. So if you okay. draw a line 
from Cameroon to Somalia, um, sorry, to Kenya. And then you mm-hmm. just like every country from that line and down, they all have, um, Bantu speakers. In fact, in all of those countries, Bantu speakers are the majority with the exception of Madagascar. Ah, okay. Hmm. Okay, so I guess this is sort of like a little spoiler into the whole migration thing, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and also, so um, currently today, um, there's there's an estimated 702 languages that fall under the Bantu subgroup. That's a lot, wow. 702. And yes, this um, listing of 702 comes from um, Ethnologue. They are uh, research, they do research into languages. And the Bantu languages are spoken by over 350 million people and the most spoken, most widely spoken Bantu language today is Swahili. Right. Swa- okay. All right. Swahili. <laughs> okay. And so, I mean, you already mentioned Cameroon in the past, right? You said if you draw a line from there. Yeah, is, yeah. Is, is, that where, is that where it all started? Right, so um, the Bantu speakers originated from an area around modern-day Nigeria and Cameroon. Nigeria is a very interesting country. There are so many people groups that have something to do with Nigeria in some way. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I was about to say. Yeah. The, the Bantu are, the Bantu are, uh, one of those people. So an area straddling modern day Nigeria and Cameroon is where the, um, people who speak the Bantu languages, um, come from. Okay. Come from. Yes. Do, do we have an idea when exactly this whole movement started? So the, uh, the Proto Bantu speakers, as mm-hmm. we'll, we will be calling them from time to time, um, moved out of that area well they didn't completely move out there are people who speak related languages around there in Cameroon too but the proto language the proto Bantu speakers did begin moving out around their 1000 BC so yes they spread out from that location and moved into other areas in central eastern and southern Africa massive wave wow and do we have an idea why they decided to just so we know that um they moved we know we have an idea when they moved however like most things about history we don't have a solid idea why they moved we usually know the when and what and the how to some extent but usually the why is kind of vague the with these kind of things wow <laughs> yes mm-hmm. but um there are theories that have been put forth, of course. And, um, <laughs> yes, <clears throat> the um, two, there are different theories. And, um, the two, um, biggest of those theories is, um, population explosion and conquest, right? So one of the theories says that, um, these Proto Bantu speakers had to move out of their original location because mm-hmm. there was an explosion in their population so the land was not enough for all of them as a result of that more people a lot of them had to move out of that area so when they moved out of that area then they kept moving kept moving and then ended up in the locations that they are today the um 
the result of the of such a population explosion would be you know less food to go around um more <laughs> likely to develop certain conflicts as well um yeah yes you need better farming land um you are more exposed to diseases and um yeah another the the other major theory is conquest that these people spread out to you know conquer other people and like i said before both of these are just theories uh-huh. we don't have and you know there's no record that explicitly shows that but these theories are based on archaeological evidence for okay. both of them but um all in all it's we at the moment we don't know for sure it could be a mixture of these reasons yes it could be a mixture of these reasons it could be one reason or the other i like to think it was a mixture to some extent but i like the population explosion reason because it does make a lot of sense to me that when resources are fewer people would seek greener pastures elsewhere exactly yes yeah that does make sense actually Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah okay so um mm-hmm. yeah so when um contrary to what you might think the well okay well there are two theories there are two theories for how these people moved out right again two theories okay. um yeah. well let me say two 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 prevailing theories there are other theories as well actually but the mm. two prevailing theories um okay. states that the bantu people the Proto-Bantu um, speakers moved out in one wave, right? I've forgotten the name mm-hmm. of that one, but it was that they moved out in one wave. So those who wanted to move out got up and moved and then they spread all about and then ended up where they are today, right? And the second theory says that they moved out in waves, right? So it says that um, some people moved out and then later on, some other people moved out. And then later on, some other people moved out. Then some other people moved out. Before eventually, it's how it is today. And the thing we don't know, the thing we know for sure is that the exodus of the Proto-Bantu speakers was mm-hmm. not unidirectional. They didn't just get Wait, up and say... It wasn't unidirectional. It wasn't one way. It wasn't, um, uh-huh. they didn't just get up and say, let us just go here. And then they went there and then they stayed there. It, it didn't work like that. You get it? Yeah. Yeah. Some scholars, some scholars actually even believe that the movement was back and forth. So they went to one location. They moved back to another. They went to one location before they ended up getting to different places. You get oh, it? Wow. Yes. Yeah. So, um, like I said before, these are all just theories. So I'm going to mm-hmm. mention the um, theory that um, I found most interesting and the one that I would stick to. So, okay, yes, yes, there's the theory that they moved out in successive waves. Um, so that even that one, yes, there are different sub theories for how it worked, right? what the, oh my cause, god because <laughs> okay. when you like there are so many there are so many different um schools of thoughts for how the the protobantu moved what they did and you know those kind of things mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that even when you pick a particular theory there are different approaches to how to explain that theory 
Right. So the one that I found most interesting, I think it's sort of in the middle ground. And keep in mind, I am not a historian or archaeologist or linguist. I just like reading stuff. Is that they moved out in successive waves. Right. So I I think that's a good one that they moved out in successive waves and they broke Mm -hmm. apart into different small groups over time. And as they broke apart into different groups, they moved in different directions, further breaking up. And as they moved along the way, their population increased, they assimilated other groups, they took different routes, and then eventually they settled where they are today. So I think it was more of a, um, a reason, it was more of so if there's an initial population explosion and a lot of people move out, right? And they get to a particular location, they get to a particular location, and for some reason, another group of people move out from that location. You get it. So there would be um, there would be uh, some reason for those people to move out. Maybe war, conflict, um, better farming lands, or something of that sort. And then they'll move out of this location as well. So this theory suggests that there were clusters of um, Bantu speakers at certain locations where they called nucleus or nuclei for plural. So mm-hmm. people move out mm-hmm. of these new um nuclei to other locations and out of that locations and some people move out again and then they move out from settlement to settlement and keep growing before they all end up where they are now and i like that theory it makes a lot of sense to me so yeah, yeah. it does it does make sense <laughs> okay. yeah, figure. but but the the the, pla- the places they move towards right because yeah. you mentioned conquest and other things. So it means like they, they actually did meet like indigents in those lands and then they had to drive those people out. Yes, yes, yes. That's one thing. So um, <laughs> I don't remember what movie it was I was watching. And they were, I think it was long ago. For some reason, I think the movie was a terrible movie, but I don't remember what movie it was. <laughs> oh my and the character... <laughs> A character passed the comment like, um, what happened when the um, Americans met the Indians? They almost wiped them out kind of thing. And the notion was that, um, I think they had something to do with aliens in the movie. And the notion was that because aliens had a more advanced technology, by the time they reach Earth, it's by default that we would be subjugated or displaced by them or something along those lines. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is the story of humanity. When people with better technology get somewhere, they end up subjugating or displacing the people they meet. It's yeah. the law of nature, it's, I guess. Yeah. Yes. The it's Europeans what naturally did, happens. Yes. The white Americans did it to the Native Americans. The Spanish did it to the Latin Americans. Those Native Americans suffered a lot. Um. Hmm. And so on and so forth. It's just something that, yes, is the way human nature is, unfortunately, for the most part. Not all groups did that, of course, but for the most part. And in the same way, the same thing happened with these Bantu, proto-Bantu speakers, right? Proto-Bantu, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, let me break it down a bit more. As people, as these proto-Bantu speakers were moving throughout um, Eastern, Central, Southern Africa, right? Um, Mm -hmm. They began to split up. And the more they split up, the more their language split up, right? And 
the more they split up, the more they came into contact with other people groups, which also mm-hmm. affected their languages and altered their languages to some extent. Right. So yeah. the major advantage that these proto-Bantu speakers had was that where they were from in modern day West Africa, there yeah. was, we know for a fact that that was an area in um, sub-Saharan Africa well, okay, no, maybe, maybe the Sudanese got theirs before. I'm not so sure, but okay, let me say okay. from that line. You remember that line I mentioned from Cameroon to Kenya going down? Yep. Yes, that area, the mm-hmm. oldest iron making or iron smelting technology in that area originated from West Africa, and oh. so. West Africans developed iron smelting technology before the Eastern, Central, and um, before most, not all, before most of the Eastern, yeah. Central, and um, Southern African people groups, right? And that's mm-hmm. another interesting fact for you guys. Um, West Africa jumped from the Stone Age to the Iron Age without going through any bronze or copper phase. We just like, boom, you know, we we are, we are dope like that. <laughs> so yeah when these proto <laughs> yeah so when these proto bantu speakers um moved out of their native home they took with them this you know better technology for making weapons so imagine they go mm. somewhere and they're fighting a bunch of people who are fighting them with um you know stone instruments and it's like oh great you're using that who is going to win mm. obviously the people with the iron weapons oh. Of course, of course. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Most likely to win. Let's just. Yeah, they're most they're likely they're... to win. So, right. um, when these protobantu speakers started spreading out and the likes, um, they met different groups of people. Some of these people were, um, belonged to ethno-linguistic groups, um, that were not Bantu, but they were still in the Niger Congo family, right? So this will be around the central portion of the African continent. And yeah. they also met a group of people who are, who we call collectively the Khoisan. Now, the Khoisan, Ooh. we've done an episode on them. Yes. Yep. If you have not listened Everybody. to that episode, go back, scroll back and listen to that Khoisan episode. It's very interesting. So the Bantu also meets these Khoisan people in parts of Eastern and Southern Africa. And the Khoisan people are actually not, they are not one group. They are not one ethno-linguistic group. They are not one linguistic group. They actually, their languages in many aspects are not even related. But because we don't have a um, proper structure for their languages, they are all just groupings like the Khoisan, made up of the Khoi Khoi and the Sun people. Right? Yeah. And then they also <laughs> met, yeah, they also met um, pygmies. In Central pygmies. Africa, the pygmies, yes, the pygmy people is what we call oh. them today. They're really short in nature. I think the mm. tallest they get is, is it five foot? I don't remember, Whoa. but they're really, they're really short. Um, and then, um, they also met, um, Kushites, Kushitic speakers. Kush- um, that's, that sounds like it's, it's more up north. So, yeah, so, so Cushitic speakers existed in mainly northern and eastern Africa. But when the Bantu uh-huh. speakers moved to the eastern area of things, they would meet some of these Cushitic speakers. Get it? 
Yep. Yes. Okay, get it now. And the last major group that they would meet are the Nilo Saharan speakers. Mm. And um yeah, oh wait, I actually left one out. Then there are the Austronesian speakers as well in modern day Madagascar that they would meet us too. Wow. Okay, that's a lot of that's a lot of yes. people. Yeah, that's a lot of people. So then think of it this way. They met the Khoisan, they met the Pygmy, they met the Kushites, they met the Nilo Saharans, they met the Austronesians, and they met other people belonging to the Niger Congo family too. Um Yes. Now keep in mind these things I've mentioned, none of them are ethnic groups. So please don't think that they're ethnic groups. They are just uh, more of let's say ethno-linguistic groups the, the the reason we are using language to group these people is that they are not ethnic groups and they are too many and there isn't an mm-hmm. actual term we can use to group them you get it okay. so yes if you take the Nilo-Saharans for example there there's a subgroup there called the Nilotic people to which those really tall Sudanese um, belong to um, I've forgotten their name, uh, but also like the law of Kenya and the likes, you know, and lots of people. But then you also have the people like um, who belong in certain areas in Sudan, like the, they're also under the Nilo Saharan family and so on and so forth. But that's uh, for another episode. <clears throat> so, yes, the Bantu speakers did meet other groups along the way. And of course, okay. they had an impact uh-huh. on the people that they met. In some instances, Definitely. the impacts were positive. Not oh, all. Were, okay. Okay. <coughs> I thought all. I thought all of it was negative. Actually. I no. 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 Like, no. Hey, shoo. Shoo. Get out. We're here now. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, for that thinking, we're going to start off with the positive. So, um, primarily, <laughs> right? They brought iron uh-huh. smelting technology to many parts of the continent. Oh, right. So, right. Right. Mm. In so doing, they they brought um, you know better farming techniques as well, better tools to make mm. weapons, better tools to make farming tools, and the likes. Okay. They also brought new crops to oh. some of these areas that they ended up going to. Yeah, so it wasn't all bad, and they also um, in some of these areas established kingdoms, you know, which <laughs> would come along the way later on. For example, Great Zimbabwe was formed by Bantu speakers. You get it? And so on yeah. and so forth. <clears throat> yes. There, um, are, there are definitely some positives in there. Yes, yes, yes. Good number of them. Unfortunately, of course, there are also negative effects, um, mm-hmm. which conquer death displacement. Um, <laughs> for example, you take the pygmies of Central Africa. When they came mm-hmm. into contact with these people with better weapons who were taller than them they retreated to parts of um the rainforest they they retreated deeper and deeper into the rainforest to reduce the conflict they would have with the proto-bantu speakers and unfortunately this has resulted in a sort of um thing to even today today i think it still exists today i don't know for sure where Uh um in parts of countries like Congo, the pygmies have some sort of, or some pygmies have some sort of servitude towards Bantu, certain Bantu-speaking ethnic groups. Um, so 
That's a nice way of me saying slavery, by the way, if you're not picking that yes, up. <laughs> I was about to state that. <laughs> I was actually about to say. Is that but, you euphemizing the whole thing? <laughs> I said, yeah, some sort of weird tradition thing. But I don't know if it still goes on, though. I don't know if it still goes on. Let me just clarify mm. that. Um, okay. Most pygmies today still live some sort of isolated life. Um, however, there are also some other groups that they had that negative kind of negative effect on like the sun people from the Khoisan group i mentioned earlier so when these people came into contact with the bantu the effect was so negative that they retreated to live in the harsh desert areas than live wow. with the bantu speakers like they were like wow. we prefer to suffer in the desert than to live with you people that, that's that how bad it got for too. them that is, <laughs> <laughs> that is that's how bad it got for them um yeah so unfortunately conquering death and displacement was an effect they didn't have that mm-hmm. kind of effect on all people groups though because like when they met some people groups like the Kush, some cushitic groups and nilotic groups under the nilo Saharan, those people were not as you know um less organized and uh less advanced than the bantu speakers to the extent that it would become like you know, the kind of displacement, the pygmies and the sun suffered at the hands of the yeah. Bantu speakers. Yes. Man, however, however, mm-hmm. um, the very interesting thing is that the Bantus ended up dominating literally every part of the continent that they ended up finding themselves in. Yes. So every yes. single, every single area they've ended up in, they dominated, they ended up completely assimilated a native culture into theirs. Or even if the other people retained their culture, the Bantu were the dominant people. The Bantu speakers became the dominant people in that area. Yes, unfortunately. Oh, and there are also some sort of neutral effects, good, bad, not good, not bad, but kind of interesting with the language. Mm -hmm. So as they move, they pick up, you know, languages from some of the groups that they met. So they pick up certain things into their languages, which contributes to some of the reason the languages have unique features and one of these things is if you listen to some south african languages you hear clicks like um, zulu and yes. um, that other one with xhoa <laughs> yeah you left out the click but yes, yes. so those those <laughs> clicks um they adopted it from the khoisan people when they came into contact with them for example oh i see Yes. So, um, the Bantu expansion would uh, come to mm-hmm. an end somewhere around um, the second millennium AD. Is when most of second the people millennium. groups would, yes, mm. <clears throat> it's when the most of the people groups would have properly, firmly settled into the area that they are now. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So oh, I think. So, okay. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say I think yes. that's all I have. But if you have a question, go for it. Yeah. So I've seen. So like currently, like the number you mentioned, the the places you mentioned are like the current number of Bantu speaking groups. Let's let's put it there. Like this is called that. Those are the current number of groups that exist till this day. None of them fizzled out or anything of the sort. I, I don't get your question. I don't get like your after question. The exp- after they expanded, like those groups, all of them 
all of them have retained, like have stayed there and are still existing to this day. Oh, the the Bantu speakers? Yes. So, um, the Bantu speakers did end up in every every corner of southern, eastern, and central Africa. Um, yeah, however, some of them ended up moving again, even when they became settled, and that's for different ah. reasons. No, 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 no. Like, yeah, they were, just, like, okay. yeah. So, for example, if you remember the Zulu episode, I mentioned something mm-hmm. called the Mfekani. That was a result of yes. so much warfare. There was a huge population shift. Yes, yes. And they also went to shift other people. Exactly. So that's an example of that having an effect. There's also oh, okay. like um when the when the um what do you call them? The the Bantu speakers who went to meet the Austronesians on Madagascar, they got completely assimilated into Austronesian culture because like they both became wow. mixed and now they speak the Malagasy language, which is uh Austronesian mm. language. But so it's like the Bantu mixed with the Austronesians to form a unique blend of people, if you remember, kind of thing. Yes. So I, I think that's actually that. the one place where Bantu culture did not override not, the mm-hmm. Yes. I did see. not override the, the native culture over there. But um yeah. Some people might use this as an argument to be like, ooh, the Bantus aren't native to this place, this place, but at the end of the day, if you've lived somewhere for thousands of years, I think you qualify as native. I mean, basically, yes. Basically, yeah. it's yours. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the lesson, the lesson, the lesson was on um, migration, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you've listened throughout the episode, I'm sure you've picked up certain things, um, like yes. why the people moving. Um, the population explosion, the better opportunities, um, conflicts, and <clears throat> yes, those I things still happen watch. today. Those things still happen yes, today. Exactly. Um, like if you pick even just in, um, Africa alone, you have the Fulani who, like, they, they spent most of their time before the current modern timeline just like moving about. So much they have Fulani people all the way in like Chad and Sudan and things like. Yeah. And, but then there are other reasons for the migration, like the Darfuri war of Sudan, which resulted in so many Darfuris fleeing and migrating out of the country or the Liberian civil war. I mean, the wars are plenty. You also have the yeah. Syrian civil war, which led to the which sparked the European migration crisis. Well, they called it a migration crisis, you know, when they couldn't handle all those people, etc. <laughs> yeah. And then there is like, um, when Israel was created as a state and people were migrating into Israel, there is when USA was created and people were migrating from Europe to the USA. To or there's also USA. the forceful migration of Africans to the mm. USA. <laughs> Um, of course, there's also. I had to add it. that in a very, a very polished form. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, mm. and there's also you know Italians migrating to Argentina, and so on and so forth. But um, yeah. the yeah. the bottom line is human beings migrate. It's a part of the human nature for many reasons. Because yeah. at the end of the day, people just want to live and live comfortably. 
without mm-hmm. issue, without looking over their shoulders, etc. And yeah. Um, yeah, so it happens. And mm-hmm. might I just add that if Africa continues on its current trajectory with horrible leaders, you might end up finding that 50% of the young youth population will end up migrating somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> just leave, see greener pastures anywhere we'll, else. We'll leave here for them. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen though. Yeah. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. So I take it there are no more questions. Um, nope. I think that's I'm the good. case. We'd like to thank you for joining us. The next episode is going to be an Ofori special once more. I think that's in a couple of weeks. Thank you for joining us. Please remember to like, share the podcast, um, follow us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and like a bunch of other ones. We mm-hmm. we really get put everywhere we could. So if you're listening on yeah. there, do remember to like and subscribe and share as well. We really appreciate it. And follow us on Instagram at Africa's Untold Stories and on Twitter at at Africa's underscore Untold S. Until the next time, thanks for joining us and peace. Peace.